0: How's it going, everybody? We're here on behalf of Talking Points, a podcast put on by Influence Weekly, um, a subscriber list that goes out with putting out influencer content, everything that's going on with influencer marketing, and the spaces going out to brands and agencies. And we are Kinship, an influencer marketing agency located in Orange County, California. My name is Cody Wittick, and I'm sitting here with Reed Nalaboff. What's up, Reed? I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Good. Um, why don't you tell everybody what Kinship is? Um, Kinship is an influencer marketing agency, as Cody said, in Orange County, California. Um, we have a little bit of a different take on influencers. We um, really create content to drive revenue for brands. Um, we work with several different brands in several different industries, everything from the outdoors industry, professional athletes. Um, we have a lot of fun with what we do and we like to scale brands mostly. And um, yeah, ready to get the ball rolling. I'm, I'm giving you guys an update for the last week of everything news for influencer. Awesome. Um, so
0: basically, how Talking Points works, if you guys aren't familiar, is it's basically we're, we're taking the audio version of how the news leader newsletter from the previous week um, and going to be breaking down and getting into some opinions on what we think. Um, but. One of the first things that we wanted to take into, there's a lot here in the previous newsletter. Um, Much of it is a focus on engagement, how that significantly dropped since 2016 and the algorithm has changed. And those are gonna be some of the focuses today, um, along with a couple other highlights on how we're just not only kinship itself, but how the industry is looking at influencer marketing and how that's changing today. So one of the first things was An article called Monk Life um, that focused on monk themed influencers or monk influencers, um, a subset of social media stars that are growing in size and popularity. And so they basically combine trends that are already hugely popular. And um, one of the first things that I wanted to ask you, Reid, was first off,
1: overall thoughts of what hashtag monk life or even if you've even heard of this. I have not heard of this. Um, it was probably the, the one headline that I was most drawn to when I first opened Inch Once Weekly. Um, just because I'm. it's kind of a mysterious world. I think everybody's really interested in the monk life, literally, hashtag. Um, we don't know much about it, but the fact that they're leveraging Instagram and social media platforms to talk about monk, monk life is very interesting to me. Yeah,
0: so with monk life, and this is going based off the idea of actual monks, um, including well-being, being being obsessed with productivity or meditation or taking that lifestyle. And one of the influencers that the article highlights is a guy named Jay Shetty. Do you want to give the audience some insight into who Jay Shetty is?
1: Yeah, Jay Shetty is a um, former monk um, turned influencer, inspirational Instagram star. uh, He's got a really Kind of interesting background. You watch videos of him. He's he's really, uh, you can tell he's a great personality. You can tell he's very genuine. Um, when you first look at him, I would not think he's a monk, actually. But he's really uh, he's really taken these monk ideals and turned them into something for people to look up to through podcasts, through health and wellness, um, just through a lot of different ways. But Jay, Jay was interesting to me because at first, when I first saw him, I thought he would, get, he would be kind of like your typical influencer model, not, not, not like AI, just not in a a shallow way Famous because of his looks, but he's actually famous because of the stories that he tells. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so
0: a word that gets thrown around a lot in the influencer marketing world, as we've come to find out is quote unquote authenticity. So is this something that kind of goes more towards the authenticity in your mind, or is it something that is less authentic?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the way that I look at this is, is kind of twofold. Um, it, it, it's rubbed me as a little less authentic because when I think of monks, I think of someone at total peace. I think of someone away from social media. I think of someone trying to get away from all the noise. And um, the reality is that we're surrounded by noise. Mm-hmm. But to see monks leverage a, dis- a disrupting platform in people's lives... Um, to almost share the story of, hey, go grab peace is almost like an oxymoron when I think about it. Right. So it came off as a little less authentic, but I also probably haven't given the uh, the proper uh, research that I should first. You so. haven't gone deep into the monk life? I don't know. Maybe, maybe after this, I'll have some, <laughs> a, a different view on
0: it. Yeah. And, and I think it it touches on the thought of authenticity is something that's just a word thrown around, but it's something that can be really... Um, confusing in in the world of influencer marketing. And so I'd see it as something as monk life, monk themed influencers or monk influencers. They're taking the parts of monks as being peaceful, as being, you know, focusing on prayer and meditation or um, just the lifestyle that they live. And they're taking little pieces of that and applying that. And so I think you bring up good points was as far as the hashtag monk
1: life and how that's impacting the industry. All in all, I think this super kind of interesting thing for us in the influencer world. Honestly, wouldn't have thought of monks as an influencer. So yeah. it's good. It's good to see that our industry grows in every in every way possible, and and to see these little nuances is better every day.
0: And I wonder if there's any more monks coming up in the world. Yeah, it's true because of these influencers. It's totally true. So this is going to be the main portion. We're going to mention like two or three different articles that popped out. In the talking points or in the influence weekly rather Um, the first one mentioned how good engagement or basically the measure of what good engagement is and how that is monitored and so Creator IQ put together a vast article um, study into Since 2016, they looked at 200,000 sponsored posts and saw the engagement rate um, based off and looked at four different uh, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And so they basically found that engagement rate has gone down since 2016. So, read what happened in
1: 2016? In 2016, Instagram changed their algorithm from chronological to... Uh, what they call just your more interest-based algorithm I would say. So if I like surfing then they would show me more surfing photos. Um, but what they're actually seeing is that the actual engagement likes, follows, interactions with the comment or interactions with the actual post is down across basically all platforms. Um, Instagram taking the biggest hit as far as uh, the actual engagement. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so
0: they broke it down into different tiers of influence. Um, nano, 1 to 10,000 of follower count, micro 10 to 100,000, what they call medium and we call mid-tier, 100k to a million, and then mega people being a million plus. And so um, if you guys don't get a chance to read the article, how they broke down, you see on Instagram primarily, and probably that's what most of you care about, is with the nano category, we had 4.5% dropping significantly, just going up 10,000 followers to 2.4, and it keeps going down to 1.8 and 7. Um YouTube had the, kept the can, most consistent engagement rate across the board, not dropping as drastic compared to Instagram. And then from as far as we're concerned, Facebook and Twitter just seems to be very, very low um, as an increasing way. Um, but found the article to be interesting, and, and at least from a statistics standpoint, um, how those are going down now we say all
1: this but does this really change anything the way that kinship looks at it I would say not much um, I would say from an, a distribution standpoint for Instagram and, and the way people are looking at it sure but we really value the content created more than the follower count mm. and so because we believe in the ability to control the distribution ourselves whether it's through paid media Um, using it on several different marketing channels like your product pages, things like that. I think there's something to be said for that. I think that we've seen a lot of success. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think
0: this flows into the next report which Influencer DB posted and It's very similar to these articles. talked about how since 2016, again, engagement rate as a whole has dropped. But to your point, I don't think that's very concerning um, as far as using influencers there's a lot of talk about you know there's the article of the one influencer that tried to launch her own brand from the sponsor post and she only got 33 sales Um, and how a lot of people came out with influencer marketing is dead it doesn't work all these different things and to your point about the roi being influencers and being able to control the output ourselves and using the ROI and being able to put that content in many different places outside of just the classic pay for, po- for, pro- for post model. Um, and I think the pay for post model, you're starting to see that's what these studies are based off is the static post. Yep. And with the decline of engagement rates on static, we've also seen the users on stories increase every year over year. Yep. And so, um, which is an encouraging outlets. And I think influencers just try to find what's worked and that's our job as an agency to find what's works. But that's just the starting point and the way that we view it is that's just the starting point of using influencers. The reach is just a bonus, um,
1: just like you were mentioning with the follower count. So, and just one yeah. more thing to add to that, I think, I think I couldn't agree with you more there. And uh, I think too, something for us is that like, a lot of times we, I mean, a lot of times like, we're seeing these statistics basically decrease across all, all, all platforms, but the reality of it is everyone's still using these platforms. Exactly. They're all still on here. Um, just because I'm not liking every single photo doesn't mean I'm not getting impacted of it. We're just at a different level in the marketing funnel. So like if that's at the prospecting level, now we know there's a way to reach that person again. Exactly. And so that's, that's what we believe the, the value of an influencer is, is to tell that right story to use in every part of the funnel. Especially in re- remarketing and and would
0: you say that that's important to keep using the same influencer
1: because of those things, or would you want to I use would, many different influencers? That's a good question. I would want to use. I think using the same influencer is important in some aspects, but as long as they're similar and telling talking to the same group of people. So if you if you're representing a yoga brand, make sure that that the yoga brand is represented by multiple yoga people, mm-hmm. um, and then as long as they're telling the, same, the similar story. Great. Yeah, I couldn't
0: agree with you more. So the last article that ties into all this, and this will be majority of where we spend our time, um, is the creator profiles, and what the Influence Weekly highlighted in this article um, was that basically Instagram's new creator accounts and what marketers need to know about this, and so the. Article dove deep into what used to be how Instagram started out with you. Okay, you had the basically private versus public profile, and how that started out, and then pretty soon their business accounts started to get introduced, um, and then now Instagram is testing creator account, and now this isn't full scale, this isn't for every account, but they currently are testing, and so there's going to be a couple key advantages for the creators themselves. They're going to be able to choose their own category and then also be able to list their phone or email um, so you can directly contact them. But choose their own category as far as they're a blogger, they're you know in fitness, they're in outdoors, those sorts of things. And then also themselves will be able to analyze their follower growth. Um, so obviously that's important and that's important for the sake of them knowing it and how to market their own rates. And then also for the brands to know exactly how the follower has increased or decreased over time. And so there's a lot of benefits to the Instagram creator. Now I'll pause right there and ask, based on what I just said and how the Instagram is testing creator accounts, do you think, going back to the follower growth analysis, do you think and what you mentioned about how you're not looking at follower count necessarily, then what
1: are you looking at necessarily? Instead of follower count, I'm looking at who can really tell and bring the most value to your brand story um, and really tell your actual, and when I say like value, I mean, can they sell your product better than someone with a million followers if I have 100,000 followers? And typically, they're easier to work with, mm-hmm. they're less expensive, and they can probably tell your story equally as good, or you can find someone that's going to be incredible at it. And I think that so yes. I think that that's where the value comes in. Would you be concerned if followers are decreasing? Decreasing
0: in the standpoint of like over time, they've gone down. People are unfollowing that
1: creator. Yeah. Yes, I think I think well, I think it'd be a that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know the right way to answer that.
0: Yeah, and and it's something that we didn't really talk about previously. But I would say no, not necessarily. It would have to be very drastic for me to be like, I'm not going to use this influencer for this campaign. Yeah, or for to say a brand, hey you know, but if their follower count is going down two percent over the last yeah. two years
1: or a year or six months, it doesn't really concern me. Yeah. Um, so the reason the reason why I hesitated there was because like that initially thought like, oh, that would my my whole concern was like are they are someone not following them anymore because their content's bad? Right. Because they're just not producing things that is well made are well, is well made anymore. Um, are they not speaking well anymore? Are they not just are they not lively? These things like that. Are they, or are they posting too much and right. they're just being annoying? Right. As long as as long as there's a, there's a good middle ground, it has to be.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. You're mirroring up a good point. Um, my feedback to that, or I guess pushback to that, would be: us, the agency, should be able to tell if their content is still good or Correct. is still available or viable to use. Um, so leaving that to the experts or the brand themselves, if they have an internal team to be able to be the best judge of that comparatively to, you know, the 15 year old that happens to be following them, that just chooses to unfollow them. So moving along here going with the, still with the creator accounts and what they're, uh, analyzing is another thing is they'll be able to have direct messages, inbox filtering. So being able to filter out brands that are reaching out to them comparatively to fans. Um, And then one of the biggest things that this would be testing and just for the creators themselves is desktop access, which we coming from the brand side always wanted on our side to be able to post or to be able to um, edit things or do things, or even just have the desktop version of Instagram up, but it was never available. But this at least is coming to creators themselves to be able to basically manage all the content directly and this will be in partnership with their Facebook creator studio. Um, so pretty cool stuff. And one of the biggest things this, this does and where I want to land on is testing the Instagram shoppable post. So previously, and we know this from the brand side as well is the feature of being able to tag the products themselves. And when you click on it, you're able to see the price, but ultimately you leave Instagram to go purchase. Correct this would change that. You would never have to leave Instagram to purchase. And so
1: I'll stop right there. What do you think that does for influencer marketing? Yeah, I, I, I think it makes it incredibly valuable, um, even worse than it is right now. And I think it almost goes, ag- it almost goes against what exactly what we were talking about before, that, hey, pay to post is, is not the model anymore and things like that. And the reason was, is because you had to go to LinkedIn bio, you had to get out of Instagram for all the reasons that Cody just said. Um, we, we touched on it earlier when we were were off podcast, but, uh, this, I think Instagram recognized the issue, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they said, okay, there's a problem. So this is their solution is to keep everybody on platform. And so potentially this could be a good, a good revenue driver and a good, uh, place to drive. And engagement rates have
0: gone down, but the users have gone up for social media. Gen Z is the highest of of all the generations and it's increasingly going to be more and more also. Influence Weekly talked about TikTok is 1.5 billion users. So there's different platforms that seem to be even untapped from the influencer marketing space. Instagram seems to be still dominating um, dominating the market share, but I totally agree with you in the fact that engagement rates have gone down, but as soon as this gets introduced, will that start to go up because they don't have to leave the platform and they can purchase on a day like Prime Day, like it right. is today. Um, So there's different things like um, having the shoppable post feature. I can't agree with you more there. Having, bringing that back into the industry and being able to purchase. Now, what do you say from ROI perspective? Everybody wants to know ROI, right? Everybody wants to know, okay, what am I getting for my money? When I tell this person to post and write this copy and do these things and use these hashtags, but now it's going to be. You know this product, feature this product, and people will be able to actually purchase from
1: that photo. Yep, yeah, I, I think that it's um it's gonna be a direct attribution for ROI on the platform. Uh, I'm gonna revert to part part of the influence weekly that I read was uh, as a guy uh, by the name of Aaron Brooks. They had 12 questions with him. He's a co-founder of, of Vamp, just another influencer agency. Really smart guy, and uh, he had a similar issue. They asked him about the ROI driven factors and he talked about redistributing um, influencer marketing content for paid media channels because you couldn't track ROI other places or on Instagram, and I think this uh, this creator profile allows you to do so. so. And that's something that we talk about a lot
0: is ROI, and it's something that people ask about all the time. And what we preach a lot is the true ROI is being able to have the control and power over the content. You what. People ask about that for ROIs when they lose control and power over that content because all the control and power is in the influencer's hands. And so, being able to have rights to that content to be able to distribute to all your marketing channels is when you see the most possibility for a return on investment and ultimately it's still within your control. So, now you still have to make a great email to put it on the email, you still have to put it, you know, put together a great PDP page, you still have to put a, Um, a great ad and you know there's a variety of factors but at least it's within your control to determine that ROI rather than cross my fingers hope it works you pay for posts you spend five grand and hopefully a lot of people click it and you get some brand awareness question mark question mark question mark you know so there's a lot of different things that I think bringing in this feature can help that um the shoppable post because it, it goes to our point and our philosophy of truly getting convertible dollars out of the spend um which i think more and more brands and people in the space are looking to yeah totally agree so that was pre- a lot of what we wanted to talk about today um i think the engagement not being what it used to be overall our opinion is not a concern Correct? Correct. Yeah, and it's it's if it brought up the question, and this is kind of where we'll end, is if Instagram went away tomorrow, what would happen to influencer marketing?
1: It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, I think it's a great question. If I do say so myself. I think it's a great question right now because the way that we define influencer marketing is through their reach and through their like, oh, I have X amount of followers. That makes them an influencer. But again, we can't stress enough that We believe that the influencer lies within the content creator itself. So, at the end of the day, you're still going to be able to find someone who creates unbelievable content that can speak on your behalf and truly influence people in the end. Exactly. Yeah. And being
0: able to use that content, like we were saying earlier, across all marketing channels. Right. And it makes me think of how how can brands or how can influencers themselves market themselves on other platforms outside of just instagram but if instagram just disappears entirely Mm -hmm. there's still going to be those influencers out there and what the true roi like if instagram disappeared tomorrow your influencer campaigns you should still have that content it shouldn't just live on their feed you should be able to still own that and distribute it yourselves and it goes back to that having control and power um to be able to leverage all that content that you're getting from the influencer
1: campaign. Totally agree. And I think, too, if if you are an influencer yourself, um, as Cody said, just just don't have it be the only thing that you're working off of. Save all the content, create a website, create a personal brand. Just kind of be in multiple places at once.
0: That concludes our talking points for the week. Um, Once again, if you haven't subscribed to Influence Weekly, it's a great place to... Keep up to date with all the changing trends and new people and even job listings um, all about influencer marketing. So if you haven't
1: subscribed, please do that. Um, Reed, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate that. I'm going to give ourselves a little uh, shout out for Kinship as well. If you guys need any influencer marketing help, visit kinship.co. That's K-Y-N-S-H-I-P.co. And thank you to Cody for turning me on to Influence Weekly. It's helped me a ton. And uh super happy to be here. Thanks guys.